0: everybody, welcome to another Ask Dr. Drew. This episode, courtesy of our friends at Hydrolite and Blue Mike. Be sure to go to drdrew.com to get all the podcasts and live stream shows. We do it. It's all on that one website. Uh, and if you didn't know this already, Adam Carolla, who is sitting next to me, you'll see him and just, oh, there's Adam. There he is. We have shows together most days, most weekdays on Podcast One, the Adam and Dr. Drew show, as well as the Dr. Drew podcast there. I have another loveline S show called Dr. Drew After Darf at your mom's house, all everything at drdrew.com. And uh, these shows are at drdrew.tv. These Ask Dr. Drew shows. And lastly, if you want to see a daily or almost daily live stream and have questions, go to Dose of Drew, which is uh, available at facebook.com slash Drew and also at Dr. Drew on Periscope, also on YouTube slash Drew. We are on Mixer and Twitch simultaneously on all the platforms. Also, I want to add ways to get information you need this week. I'll be at the local news medical correspondent on Fox L.A., Uh, following TMZ weekdays, 7 p.m. to 7.30 with Alex Michelson. We're also on Facebook.com slash Dr. Drew with that show every night and a half hour afterwards where we take questions. Adam, what did you think of the whole intro? Not the one I read, but the one you saw.
1: It was was well-crafted, but it always makes me think. like There was a scene where you were standing on stage and you had the four ladies up there. And I'm guessing you guys had been talking about uh, deadbeat dads and uh, being pegged with uh, strap-on pool cues and everything else. And then when you said Jesus Christ, they had to bleep out Jesus. (laughs) So they bleeped out you saying, Jesus Christ, I'm a doctor. Now let's get back to the conversation about being violated (laughs) with bowling pins. (laughs) <laughs> Does anyone understand the society we've crafted? Do you television. understand why I don't listen to anyone ever? Well, that's, You that. know why? Because these are the same people that make the decision that they have to bleep you saying this out when we're now going to get in the most disgusting, vile conversation with the four worst women on the planet. So, you understand, so, right?
0: yeah, so this is what I wanted the show to so be about. So what am I supposed to do? Listen to people? Uh, it, by the way, we're going to have Steve-O in just a second. He wanted to talk to Adam. He's very kindly going to call in. We'll have him in about 15 minutes. But And I'm watching you guys on Restream, so I'll do the best I can to keep up with the questions there. And we are taking your calls, don't forget, at 984-237-373, 984-237-3739. Um, Adam, I wanted the show to be about tuning your brain. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what this current circumstance calls for, don't you? people yeah. need to tune their brain. And, and we talk about this on the Adam and Drew show all the time. And to tell them this group, what you mean by that? I don't know what I mean by tune your brain, but no. I,
1: I, I, it's a calibration, calibrate it's a constant I calibration. People need to calibrate. Look, yeah. as a human being, you need to learn the difference between 10s and twos. You just do. When you're hiking alone and there's a mountain lion in your path, that's a 10. And if you're hiking alone, and you see a little lynx and the lynx is, has a certain posture, is walking a certain way or seems to be more scared of you than you are of it. That you have to stop. You have to recognize it, but you don't have to climb a tree. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so... In your life, your, your job is a constant calibrating. If you're walking down the sidewalk and the guy walking toward you is a big guy and he looks angry or whatever it is, you have to figure that in rather than the you know, Asian elderly lady you know who's coming, coming at you, who you recognize as possible neighbor or something. So it's a constant calibrating. If you're gonna do everything at a 10, you're gonna burn yourself out. You're gonna give yourself a goddamn nervous breakdown. And... The joke will be on you because then you won't recognize the
0: tens and the twos. And that's kind of what's been happening lately in the press, right? It's hard. It's hard to tell what's going on. Well, the the, the press
1: has a job, which is send label everything a ten, right? Because that's ratings, right? There is no ratings for
0: threes, right? It just it doesn't rate. It just doesn't. But then, but then, how do you call that journalistic integrity?
1: Well, what it is, it's it's a kind of a journalistic integrity via cherry picking. Mm -hmm. So you're not actually lying. You're saying X amount of people die every year, fill in the blank, you know, and you too could die that way as well if you, in fact operate a motor vehicle or ride on the subway or are in a building higher than seven stories in earthquake country, you know, they do that. And then we can't really do the sufficient math, right? So they're not, so they hide. So their gestalt, what they're saying is big picture's a lie. But if you want to read the transcripts and, and bring it into court, then it's not really a lie. Right, right. So they know what they're doing, but they're not lying. So they maintain this integrity. You know, it's like, I was reading an article and it was like second Los Angelino or Los Angeles County person to die, 34-year-old male. And they were going. He just got back from Disneyland. His friends were shocked. This guy was full of life. There's nothing, no one could have seen it coming. And you're looking at this article and they didn't get anything wrong. They just left out a bunch of shit. So you go, well, if you were in court, if you're in journalism court, you'd go, did he go to Disneyland? Yes, he did. Was he 34? Yes, he was. Yeah. Were his friends accurate when they were quoted he was so full of life? Yes, they were. Okay. Well, then I, I can sleep at night as a journalist, although you've misled your audience. And for right. that, you should be tossing and turning at night.
0: And, and it could be harmful to people. That That's the part I'm, in this in this current no, this situation. Isn't,
1: no, you know what this is? What? That story that we're talking about, now the guy had... Testicular cancer. Overcome testicular cancer, had yeah. testicular cancer. he also had like some sort of asthma, you know, asthma and things. Yeah. things, things that would make you believe, uh, things that make you go, oh, okay, that's why the 34-year-old, 34-year-old guy perished. Um, no, th- let me explain. There's a, there's also a new kind of journalism which is going on, which is um, I'm going to be the parent here. I'm going to save you. Mm. I want you to do your homework Uh, No, I want you to go to bed by nine because you need a good night's sleep. And I'm going to tell you there's a boogeyman under the bed. And if there's a boogeyman under the bed, I'll just tell you that, and then you'll go to bed by nine. Now it'll be better for you. Right. You'll get a good night's sleep. You'll be refreshed. You're ready to go to school tomorrow. Right. It's lying, but it's a good lie. It's it's a lie to help. Who decides? I'm helping you.
0: Yeah, but that's the problem. I decide. I'm the parent. See. I'm the parent. You're, when you're the parent, that's appropriate. When you're a journalist, you're not my the parent. But 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 you're becoming the parent. Yeah. This is the new thing. I'm
1: now going to explain to you how what you need to worry about. Which you true. Twenty years ago, yeah, I passed the billboards on the way into Loveline. Fifty-five thousand Americans die of secondhand smoke every year. What would I yell every time? Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Why are they lying? Because they're the parent and they don't want you to smoke. And smoking's a bad thing. So these are good parents
0: who are lying to you for a good reason in their mind. In their mind. Yes, I agree. That, that's the problem, though, is that should they be and have that kind of power over the populace? Well, they weren't voted in. They weren't, you know, they weren't elected to this position. They just declared themselves. The, that's up to the populace. I agree. You, yeah, people, except,
1: can't, people do not have to believe Every time Oprah is talking about a serial killer and explaining this could happen to you and this could happen in any neighborhood, you don't have to ingest all that. Right. You may keep walking. You may realize statistically the chance of your kid being preyed upon by serial killers almost nil. So no matter how much you trust Oprah, you can still. I, I don't have any statistics when i was driving in loveline i just looked up and saw 55,000 55,000 people that's the amount of people who died in vietnam with that amount of americans are dying every year from secondhand smoke
0: i i highly doubt that so as we sit here apparently the president just ordered washington and new york disaster areas and have activated national guards in three states which would be colorado it says c wash and new york uh, and uh, to build hospitals and assist with the homeless. Seawash sounds like the name of a douche. <laughs>
1: hey, ladies, while you're stocking up on toilet paper, grab a little seawash,
0: huh? Your, your husband will appreciate it. But uh, I, that's a good thing, although I know people freak out about the National Guard coming out. I, I, am, I consider that a good thing because I don't see the homeless thing moving without, without the National Guard because they're just not moving, and so somebody has to move them. Are they doing it for the homeless? Moving them—that's what it's no, sounding. The like. National Guard for the homeless. Well, they, they said for hospitals and homeless. Oh, for okay. to build new hospitals and to move homeless. So it's probably going to be the sprung tents. Oh, see me in California. Good. This is a very good news. Mm. Uh, so California, New York, and Washington are now disaster areas. Which what that does? I've been begging Governor Newsom to do that because that pushes aside all the regulations pre pre Corona. Yes, pre well. No, I you not- you've been begging him to to call to. You, Designate you, you, it. Let me tell you, it's, it's been actually been Reverend Andy Bales, who runs the union mission downtown, been begging them to do create a disaster. I I didn't understand quite why he wanted that. Then Newsom declared an emergency, and I thought, oh, good, we're going to really do something about this. Right. And then uh, Reverend Bales pointed out to me, no, 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 unless he declares a disaster, mm. it doesn't push aside any of the regulations. Mm. But when FEMA declares a disaster, or the state, and the state accepts that disaster status. I think it has to work like that. Then all the barriers that have been made it impossible to help the homeless immediately go away. So this is a good thing. Okay. A bad bad situation, but a good thing. So I
1: uh, was. I drove from my house to the forum uh, about four weeks ago to open for Joe Coy. I literally took basically side streets from my house to the LA Forum. At about six o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. I declared it a disaster area right. after driving from my house yeah. to the forum. It looked like a disaster it, and area.
0: And that was how long ago? It was a month ago. Yeah. I mean, it really it's people wouldn't believe it. No, you wouldn't you wouldn't
1: believe if you again you hit all the side streets and the back alleys and you took the ways route to get from <laughs> right. my house to the LA Forum right. at six thirty on a Friday. It was a disaster area. Want to take a couple calls? Sure.
0: Let's see. Okay. Here is uh, Carly. Carly is 25. Go ahead, Carly. What's going on?
2: Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, Adam. Thanks for taking my call. Carly. Um, Quickly, I'll be brief, but Dr. Drew, when you went to Miami University in Ohio, I was in the audience. It was a few years ago, but you were talking about hookup culture. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked for a little bit in front of a bunch of people, so I really do appreciate.
0: I remember that it was, snow- it was, it was snowing, stage. right? It was it was snowing in that that week or something?
2: Yes, I yes, it was snowing really bad, and we yeah. thought you weren't going to make it, and I made it. So, uh, so, no. <laughs> so I'm in a bit of a pickle. Um, I traveled about a week ago, and I started coughing. And I'm freaking out. Now, I don't have a fever. Like, I feel fine. But I think just because of everything that's going on, I'm like, do I even get tested or do I just treat it like I have the flu and just
0: you, self-isolate, yeah, drink tea? Self-isolate, Tylenol, drink tea. It's oh, The only people that should be getting tested is with pneumonia, fever, and clear-cut traveler contact or ICU admission. That's all that's being tested. And right now not only do we want to preserve all the tests we have, at least for the next couple of days, every time you get tested, they have to put on garb, right, to protect themselves in case you do have it, and that's wasting that protective protective garb. Because that has to, to be that. thrown out. Exactly. So you need to just stay home for another week, okay?
2: Okay. Well, also, if, if it's my, not my progressing,
0: business. you don't have to oh, freak sorry, out, right? Yeah. yeah, yes. But, I mean, for her to, to, to assume you have it is a reasonable thing. So you either... You either stay in it so you've been a week after symptoms started or three days after all the symptoms end. That's the formal definition that the C D C True. What sir.
1: percentage of people this time of year half of the populace have a cough, a tickle in their throat, a sneeze, or whatever. I mean, it's got to be 10% of the population. As you know, I've always said about my mom, she's either feeling a cold coming on, has a cold, or is getting over a cold, and then restarts the cycle. Either way, you're not getting a drive to the airport. But the point is, is if you talk to my mom any day of the week throughout the last 72 years,
0: she tells you she had something going on. Yeah. Well, listen, not only that. Doesn't um, everyone have something going y- yes, on? Yes. Uh, Susan just got over coronavirus yesterday, if you asked her. <laughs> there you go. Right, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the deal. In spite of being highly restrictive with whom we're testing, right, high probability, still the positivity rate is just 10%. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so. also, uh, what about the stories about
1: women having uh, survivability being much greater than men? Is that
0: is that panning out? Is that something Uh, that's turning out to be true or not? I haven't. I I know there were more. I'd heard there were more fatalities in men at one point. I just haven't seen any update on that because now we have much more, much more data, right? Yeah, Um, this is fairly recent. Here's an interesting speculation, right? Hmm. Think about this. Why? What would, if you had to, apparently more young people in New York City are getting, getting sick Mm -hmm. uh, and having complications. What is it about young people in this country that might predispose them to that, do you think? You're saying this country, this or country? New York City? Uh, well, it's you know, half the cases are in New York City right now, so it's. I I would
1: think that the young uh, here's my uh, layman's approach to all this. Um, I believe that a lot of this has to do with your own immune system, sure, and how you whether it will go back to the 10 or two analogy. Obviously, if you have a very compromised immune system, then it's going to be a 10. If you have a very strong immunity, it's going to be a two. Um, People that grew up on a farm have a strong immunity. They're out slopping the pigs and shoveling the shit and rolling around in the dirt. And those people probably don't have it. New York and young means you grew up in the Purell age. You probably grew up being slathered and all that shit. And you also probably grew up taking tons of antibiotics as well. And then of course, there's the proximity and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm saying is, is I don't think you would find as high a likelihood if these folks grew up on a farm. Okay, I, and And, you know, they do the, study about the earaches and the dogs. And it's, it's interesting. You know, kids who grow up with no dog, get more earaches. Kids who grew up with a dog that was indoors, got less. And kids that grew up with a dog that was outdoors and came in and out and in all the time had the least, which is why you don't use soap. No, I shower. don't use soap. No, it's an, I, I want to expose myself to stuff. I want my immune system to work, work out, not be boy in a bubble. This is the, the I'm gonna go pe- full peanut John allergy, Travolta.
0: The, the peanut allergy, the too. peanut,
1: yeah. Where's everyone getting the peanut allergies? I mean, this is why I would assume younger people in that group also they have parents that are higher, ed, high, more highly educated, and more probably more tending to read all the stuff, do all the stuff, wash. You know, they probably fruit wash like I have. It's a spray. <laughs> Spray the fruit wash. I fill it up with a sink like once, like twice a year. I just top it off and I'll put it back. <laughs> yeah, we have fruit wash, you know, fruit and veggie spray. It's it's basically sink. It's hose water with zest of lemon in it. Perfect. Seven bucks at the Trader Joe's. Nice.
0: nice. Uh, I one a millennial pointed out to me who lives close to me. Pointed out perhaps cannabis has something to do with it because we know the cigarettes are bad. Well, We don't know if cannabis is bad. That's, it's interesting. That's, look, first things first.
1: Um, I don't want to sound like Grandpa Corolla, but here Uh-oh. we go. Here we go. Uh, the thing about weeds, I got nothing against weed, but let's stop ascribing mythical um, benefits. benefits of it. You smoke a cigarette. The smoke goes through a filter. It's bad for your lungs. You rip in a bong load through no filter and holding it is as long as you possibly can from you know some spleef that was grown in Mexico and keep it filling up your lungs to maximum capacity, dropping the whole tube, the whole bong load in there. You know people smoke cigarettes, suck it in, spit it out. You know they don't, Imagine if you saw as a doctor saw someone smoking a cigarette like I'm putting a bong, you know, bust, bust the filter off, put in a bong. You know, <laughs> If you were a doctor, <laughs> you would stab them, right? Yes, You'd be that like, would be no, upset. no, no. Okay. So listen, I'm not against weed or anything, but yeah, maybe your lungs are a little bit. Maybe
0: it's time to think about that.
1: Well, maybe, maybe think about vaping or, or, uh, or, or edibles like that. or whatever. Well, edibles. So my point is, is yeah, if you've been ripping along a lot of bong loads for a lot of years, there could be some compromised lung situation.
0: Why don't we bring our friend Mr. Steve O into the conversation? Steve, you there?
3: After the break, you bet I am.
0: Well, let's. I, I know and, you've been uh, sitting very, uh, very, very quietly. I tell you, what we're going to do. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to have a three-way. All right.
3: We're going we're gonna to heap praise on Adam for uh, for keeping his immune system on its toes. That's totally what I'm about.
0: Well, in a weird way, you practice the same kind of. Th- theory steve you just burn yourself up and you know have things crush you and you know and you survive all, all those right. things all right hold on we're gonna be right I back
3: will, uh, yeah all right I hold on wait. take
0: Thank a little you. break be right back We've all been very focused on how to stay healthy these days but uh, we've not been talking about hydration if you get coronavirus flu or even experience allergies cold a variety of everyday ailments they all need hydration and that's why it's a perfect time to welcome our friends at hydrolite back this is a great product you all know i've talked about it for a long time This was the hydration product i wanted to invent and they got it there before me now remember dehydration can make you feel sick even a slight amount and none of us need that anxiety right now so stay well hydrated i am thrilled to welcome our good friends at hydrolite back to the show Longtime fans remember my obsession with hydrolite which is literally the best hydration product i have found i'm even more excited to introduce their brand new single serve powder sticks simply pour one powder stick into a glass of water they recommend seven ounces The powder dissolves instantly and creates the perfect balance of sodium, glucose, and water to deliver up to four times the electrolytes of your typical sports drink. And think about it. You can take this anywhere. You should have it on hand to just pour it into water and you have a real significant hydration product. The other great news about Hydrolite, the powder sticks, they are 100% natural, no artificial flavors, colors or sweeteners, and they are available in flavors like orange and lemonade, and they taste great. Hydration is crucial. Hydrolite is the fastest and easiest way to stay ahead of it. And you can find Hydrolite powder sticks in the digestive aisle at Walgreens or Amazon, or simply just go to my website, drdrew.com slash hydrolyte. Again, that is drdrew.com slash H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E. You see it spelled here. There it is. And you enter the code drdrew18 to save 30% off your order. Forget the runs on toilet paper. There should be runs on this. This is doing much more for your health than toilet paper. So go get some, have it on hand. If anybody in your family gets sick, you need to keep them hydrated and that's how you do it. I am so grateful for our friends at Blue Microphones. Not only have they completely changed what our show sounds like, they've given me headphones so I can monitor things better. This is the mic for millions of creative people, and now I know why. I'm so grateful for them completely changing the quality of our audio. You'll find blue mics like Yeti and the mouse, which we're using here, both in pro studios and home studios all literally all over the world. Their popular Yeti caster is a blue Yeti microphone, plus a boom arm system that's behind many of your favorite podcasts. I see run into them all the time, and now I know why. If you've ever thought about creating your own podcast or YouTube channel, blue can make you sound and look great. Just visit bluemike.com and click get started, and you can start telling your story. Needles have increasingly become a part of everyday life. Proper disposal is both difficult and expensive. We have the solution. Simpler, safer, affordable, and fulfills the obligation to protect our environment. A single stick with something like this means tracking down the user. It means blood test for the person's stock. It means possibly medication for an extended period of time. Needle sticks are devastating. No more, incinerate the needle. Needle goes in this port. It's over done. Needle gone. We all have loved ones who use needles. Keep their home safe. Medical offices are loaded with sharps. We are using ancient technology to protect our patients, our staff, ourselves. You know what needle sticks do. You know the cost and the devastation psychologically and physically, potentially, from a needle stick. Eliminate that completely. Stop using ancient technology. Sand MIDI. It will solve your problems. Find out more at NeedleDestructionDevice.com. I am back with the great Adam Carolla and the great Steve-O. And before we get into this conversation, <laughs> uh, your book, Adam, uh, now I can't hmm. hear nothing. you can't hear anything. Can you hear us now? Oh, working oh there we out. go. There we go. Right. Adam, the book. So, uh, my book is called
1: I'll Be Your Emotional Support Animal. And uh it is available for a pre-order on Amazon as we as we Look speak. It's got my dog Phil on top of me, and the reason you pre-order it is uh, it good. It's it helps with the books and the sales and the charts and the if they pre-order enough, then Barnes and Noble will order more. Or whatever it is, got it. a so so pre-order it just I'm, helps. I'm That's. your emotional sport animal, and the last book. Uh, I've done, well, the, the last most one. important book is in 50 years, Wallby chicks, which happened in 10 years <laughs> or that's six
0: years. Really? Uh, one, but Steve, before we started that, one more thing, uppity.
1: Oh, uppity's, uh, on Netflix. And so are all our racing movies, but you can go to chassis dot Y.com and get the Blu-ray of all, all those movies.
0: Uppity is killing it. Yeah. It's, it's killing
1: it. It's a big deal now. Yeah. They want to make it into a, a feature. Wow. The people that make wonder woman, the movie want to make it into a feature.
0: Crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, Steve. Now you're on.
3: All right. Well, okay. So about this, uh, exposing yourself to as many germs as possible to keep your immune system strong. Um, when I was in eighth grade, I was attending the American school in London. And I actually went on a field trip to Egypt. When when I went on this field trip, they told us that uh, that we should not drink the water, even if I we have a soda at the restaurant. Do not let them put ice cubes in it because to drink the water would make us terribly ill. So we were, you know, totally heeding their their warning. Then as we were at this restaurant. Uh, on the bank of the Nile River, I watched an Egyptian dude dunk his toothbrush in the Nile River and just sit there brushing his teeth. And I thought, if tap water is so dangerous here, then what the hell is the Nile? And, And my next thought was that this crazy guy brushing his teeth in the Nile, that if he went back to England where I lived, or if he went to America and drank our tap water, that he would probably get sick. And I thought, you know, it's whatever you're used to. So then I determined that that the safest thing for me to do, the most healthiest thing, would be to travel to every country in the world and drink tap water everywhere I went so that I acclimated to everything. And that's actually precisely what I ended up doing Um, traveling the world filming Wild Boys, the first thing I did in every single country was just guzzle tap water. And I had a little bit of diarrhea in Kenya, but that's about it. So I consider myself very healthy because of the same philosophy that Adam was talking about.
0: There you go. I wouldn't recommend what you've done, but uh, okay. I would. I like it. Drew, what's the difference
1: between your body and your immune system in terms of working it out? I, I, your
0: immune system is what responds to the pathogen. But right? what I'm saying is, is if you don't give your oh, immune like a muscular system any workout. kind of workout, of oh, then I what see.
1: what's going to happen? I mean, l- l- let's go an extreme. I like to get at the truth, but I like going to the extreme. What if you just took a, a, a brand new baby and you just put them in a bubble and you just never expose them to anything right. and you fed them through a tube and right. blah,
0: blah, blah. Not Not what good. would happen when they were 15 and they went outside? They'd react to everything and their immune system would be over. Okay.
1: Well, that's an extreme version yeah. of what we're doing to young kids. Yeah, That's my take. My yeah. take is if, if that's 100%, if that's bad, then the 30% we're well, at is
0: bad, too. I, and I was thinking about this today. I mean, throughout human history, infectious diseases were the problem. And suddenly today, it is again. It's not bacterial infectious diseases the way it was. You were li- If you died in 1890, it was a bacterial infection, most likely, particularly if you were young. I'll and bet you, by, by the way, the elderly population
1: you know people over 80 are the most vulnerable because of, of their condition or their age uh but i will bet you that when the dust settles on this thing the young people probably get it at a higher rate or deal with it in a less uh a less positive way than 60 year olds cuz 6 year olds just miss pure Mm. And fifty year olds just miss all the antibacterial so, soap and hand washing and slathering of everything. So the worst would be forty nine. Yeah, there's a Mason Dixon line of people under fifty or under, you know, forty four, whatever it is, that hit that that whole group grew up on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: yeah, I hear you. I know. I wonder that's your if theory. that'll
1: pencil out that way.
0: And Steve, you you wanted right more.
3: Now. Uh, Here's uh, another thought about the coronavirus in particular, is that if it takes uh, 14 days from when you catch it to sort of cycle past it and move on, then wouldn't it be better for the, the world at large to, you know, since we're in quarantine anyway, to go ahead and get it? stay in quarantine for 14 days so you don't give it to anybody who's particularly vulnerable and then like you're past it. And so then uh, you're, you're, you're not, you know, is it not better to just get it and get it over with?
1: Adam, this is your theory. Well, I think the only hole in this theory is you and I, Steve O would get it, stay home and probably be fine with it but a lot of people would rush to the emergency room and then clog up the whole artery of the emergency room. And I think that's the problem with everyone getting it at once. If we lived in a utopia filled with Steve-Os and Adam C's, well, then we'd have no problem-Os. See what I did there with Mm Steve-O?
0: But Brian, I, I only caution I would say is that the Stevo and the No Problemo Corolla world, uh, the the complication rate in young people is not zero, and so you're really you know that's that's a, a bit of a Russian roulette game we're playing, and we don't know the numbers on that yet because it's such a new illness. Here's an interesting bit of data for you guys: COVID nineteen is the illness caused by SARS coronavirus two. So when they say COVID nineteen, they're talking about the disease. And when they're talking about SARS coronavirus too, that's the virus. Mm. Interesting, right? Not really. All right. Keep going. (laughs) I just thought that was interesting. We found that scintillating. All right, Steve, what else going on?
3: Okay. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, This week uh, on Thursday, I will be uploading a video entitled the drunkest I ever was on TV. And uh, I believe Adam, that you would remember this uh, pretty vividly Mm -hmm. as it was on too late with Adam Carolla. Yes. So uh, I just wonder if if you can kind of walk us through what happened, Adam, and uh, maybe I can pull a sound bite for my video.
1: My recollection of that show is that uh, Steve-O was coming by from Jackass, and we're probably taping at, I don't know, about four or five in the afternoon or something like that. Uh, We're at Hollywood Center Studios you were in the green room. And I remember one of my producers saying he's, we got plenty of booze from him for him. So this is going to be a good one, you know? And I sort of was like, okay. And they're like, yeah, he's drinking a ton of vodka. So who knows, like this is going to be fun. And um, (laughs) so then Steve came out and Steve had drank all the vodka and Steve was very drunk. And so Steve's first move was to kind of try to topple me on my my chair. It's a weird tackle maneuver. It was a kind of a slow motion dry humping that he was doing to me. And my biggest concern is that we were gonna stop filming and somebody was gonna help me and that we're gonna have to redo the show somehow. That was always my biggest concern is that we stop. So I was trying to tell everyone like, we're okay, we're okay, keep it going. And then you sat down, I got you back onto the sofa, and you're taking the heel of your your foot, of your shoe, and you're banging it very aggressively through the glass tabletop. And my thought was he's gonna bash his Achilles essentially mm. through the tabletop and cut himself to pieces. And it, I was feeling horrible. Like I was like, don't come on, don't do that. Don't do it. You're going to destroy your, your Achilles or the back of your sh- shin." And eventually you did break it. And then at some point we wrapped the show up. And I remember the young female executive from comedy central coming up to me like, right off camera and she said like, what are we gonna do? And I said, what do you mean, what are we gonna do? And she said like, what show are we gonna run tonight? <laughs> and I said, we're gonna run this show. And she said, we, we can't run this show. It was out of control. And I said, this is going to be the, the only episode anyone ever remembers of this show. <laughs> so we should run this show. And she was, we argued for a while. It was based on me thinking it was interesting. And then also me not wanting to do another show. Like, I don't know who are we going to have on as a guest. Like the guy holds the boom mic. So uh, I also remember about three weeks later, or maybe it was 10 days later. I was like, who's the guest tonight? And they were like, Steve O's back. And I'm like, okay. So, Uh, I remember it always bothered me when people who did shows were like, he can't come back. He was blah, blah, blah. My feeling is like, you can definitely come back. Sort of like what Drew and I had with Pennywise doing a love line after being physically assaulted. So yeah. See, um, he came back and took us to poo poo city. We'll tell you that story later. Those are my recollections. Yes.
3: Well, that's great. I appreciate that. You you didn't view it as a bad thing, Adam.
1: I have a weird kind of a judgmental thing, which is if I see you littering, I hate you as a human being and I'm okay if a tree falls on you and crushes you 10 steps after you just threw the McDonald's wrapper on the floor. Um, if you try to physically assault me when you're drunk, I
0: have no problems with it. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know if you remember, Steve, but the, in your your command repeat performance when he brought him back, they made me, they made me stay backstage with you.
3: Right. And, and that was a, a double purpose uh, so that um, you could sort of babysit me. And if I was uh, unacceptable for being on TV, that you could be the replacement guest. Oh, I don't know about that. They didn't Your tell me that part. Maybe they oh, told yeah. you that part. They threatened you with that.
0: Adam would, of course, not hear that, but but they threatened you with that, I'm sure. Case of emergency, right. break glass. So, so and, But I always remember that because we were backstage talking and I was like, dude, come on, what are we going to do here? And you went... Hey, when I decide it's time, I will go all the way. Remember that conversation? Yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. that's and that's exactly what you did.
3: Yeah. I remember uh, Drew re- reaching out to me and saying, hey, uh, you know, I think it might be time for you to get treatment. And we've got this show, uh, Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. And, you know, would you consider doing that? And, and at the time I'd said, I said, Drew, I have much... To, I said I have far too much respect for uh, the process of recovery than to to make a mockery of it on television, and um, that was just my excuse to not get sober.
0: Exactly, <laughs> but Oof. but the, that yeah. that was, the conversation I I remember that was back by craft service at Adam's thing. Where you were saying okay. you were just saying I when I when it comes time I'll let you know and I will go all the way and that and to, at the moment you said that I was like oh god I've heard that one before but you did exactly right. that when when you decided you were ready to go it was on.
3: Well, thank you, and I no. just celebrated twelve years of sobriety. That's great, wow, okay. That's great. Amazing. years, I know
0: we're old. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's why we're all indoors right now and isolating.
1: Heath Ledger's <laughs> right, been dead for eleven, 11 years, and uh, Steve O's been sober for twelve. Yeah, wow, we old.
3: <laughs> right, now, um, Drew. Statistically speaking, what are the odds that the three of us all still have our hair?
0: Oh, that's, that's an good, interesting. Yeah, that's a rare event too. Yeah, that's a yeah. good. That's a good point. Yeah, Drews.
1: Drew's hair is fine. Yeah, I'm good. Steve's like looking, looking <laughs> yeah. good. And uh, of course,
0: there's the well, ice thanks, man. Thanks, <laughs> man. Isn't has Ted got his hair? I can't picture
3: it. Ted does. Yeah, okay. Ted, Ted, still has his hair. Yeah. Let's see. So I wonder too. Like, I, I've just um, finally, after talking about doing it for so long, launched my own podcast. It's called Wild Ride with Stevo, and. Um, I was asking you before we went on, Drew, uh, about recording podcasts with guests. Like, you see, I see you guys are together in the studio. That, like, uh, it, 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 you know, what, what's the protocol here?
0: Right? Are you guys? I'm, I'm wondering what you guys are doing next week.
1: Uh, my podcast. We are physically apart i'm broadcasting from home and everyone's kind of spread out i mean are you you and i going to be in the same room i don't know i it's it's all it's all just for appearances it's It's really it's not well i mean we're all
0: trying to do the right thing we're trying to practice yeah but what
1: i'm saying is is you and i doing a podcast in the same room it's neither here nor there it's all whether you're going to get raked over the coals on the internet by some ass wipe or something i mean i'm just being honest let's be honest it doesn't you know look i get it definitely call off the soccer match and uh you know the concert and blah 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 you and i being together in the same room doing a podcast is window dressing that it's pure symbolism
0: but i I have no problem with that because you and i are I, i don't want to expose your staff Right. And so you and I being together is different than being around your staff and stuff. Because I mean, you're a doctor, you could save me. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Well, you, but, <laughs> you know, my, my thing is, is like my son and I took a walk today, and we walked down this horse trail, and there was like, couples that just walked past us. You know, it was a narrow trail. It wasn't a big wide trail. There's parts of it that get really narrow. There's like people pass you, you know, and they're talking and snorting and sneezing and coughing. And we're just walking from where they were into whatever they left, you know, whatever contrail they left behind. There's not much of a it, look. So let's be honest. What's the difference between me and my son taking a hike and passing fifteen strangers on a on a horse trail, or you doing a podcast with somebody who's in the same room with you?
0: Right, the trail would probably be worse. However, all the transmission, very little of it seems to be by aerosol or even by by a surface. It's mostly through prolonged contact. So technically, we're you know if if we were coughing, it'd be a problem, right? And right. And so
1: it it's but, a but symbolic here's the think about this Adam look,
0: the way I look at. Something that people have not given a lot of thought to and I'm I'm actually really concerned about it is the elevator. Ooh. Elevators to me seem like contagion boxes and especially the the urban development buildings in New York City which are at zero ventilation. The elevators are about 3 feet across and man you walk in that thing with somebody coughing or after they get out just after they've coughed I can't imagine a worse environment. I mean, well, that elevators, maybe, you know, who's talking about what to do with elevators? I, I don't know what we do.
1: Well, first things first, I, you know, taking the stairs is probably a healthy alternative yes, in this, yes. this day and age of sedentary <laughs> worrying, you know? Yep. So maybe this will lead to that. Mm-hmm. Also, on a, on a positive note, I was thinking about as I was coming here, I was thinking, you know, my son and I went out for a long walk and we passed a bunch of other people who were taking long walks. And I think, oh, this is a forced um, Sabbath. They're forcing all the pagans in Los Angeles to take a Sabbath. And this is why if you talk to the people you know, if you think about the people you know, like the guys I know Who are Jewish and they just are religious. Pardon the pun about the Sabbath. It's like every Saturday, Friday nights, dinner with the family, Saturday, no computers, no, you know, no business, no travel, no whatever. They're always much saner Mm -hmm. than we are. Mm -hmm. So this is like we've been saving, saving up our Sabbaths. For for like the last ten years, and we're just cashing them in like vacation days. Yeah. But I've noticed that an offshoot of some of this is a lot of people are getting saner.
4: There's a group.
1: Well, there's a group of Chicken Littles that are sitting home wringing their hands and going nuts all day. Yeah. And there's another group that seems a lot more even. Interesting. The people I passed, they were mountain biking, they were hiking, they had their kids and their dogs, and there was a lot more. How's it going? Okay. Well, there's a little bit. There's
0: definitely a sense of, remember, the first time in the world, the history of the world, that the world has a common enemy. Right. right and and the we Jews, certainly and, right and certainly those of us oh right <laughs> sorry i was on the sabbath thing right I right, right. you are still going on the <laughs>
1: sabbath thing everyone but, I forget he's a jew right? I know. he's it's so normal you. you know but <laughs> he's so nice you know he's like regular weird huh? he's generous like it's weird yeah anyway sorry
0: yeah but uh i completely lost my train i thought it's all right <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's never had a train <laughs> You've never pulled a train of thought your no, life. The, the,
0: the point is that we have a common enemy, and we're all sort of in this together. And whether oh, yeah. whether the China,
1: gov- that's right. No, I'm no, sorry. no. whether the
0: government is being excessive or not doesn't matter. We all collectively are doing this together. You know, it's a oh, there's a experience. sense of that. Yeah. It, it is
1: a Sabbath, like
0: it's quiet, and it's a forced Sabbath. Yeah, it, it
1: really is. And I understand the beneficial effects of that Sabbath, like whatever your religion is, unless it's that one where you flog yourself with a chain and
0: walk down the street. Yeah. Steve, anything else you need from Adam? We're gonna get some calls in a second. (laughs) Uh,
3: I think, uh, I think we're good. We got whatever we need, right? Um, Yeah, I think we're good, man. I appreciate you both. Thank you. Thanks, Steve.
0: Stay safe, man. Good to talk to you. Uh, Whatever you need from us. We got you. All right, buddy.
3: Hey, man. Thank you so much, Drew. All All right, team Take care, everybody.
0: All right. Thanks, Bye-bye. Steve. Bye-bye, Steve. I, I like the Sabbath idea. It, it is a good idea. Are you suggesting that we should adopt it? It's an interesting thing. W- look, an interesting model. I I don't know about
1: we, but I've always said or frequently said recently You know, this is a short prison sentence. Yeah. You can do the time or you can let the time do you. And you sitting around and worrying and getting fatter and angrier and more paranoid is the time doing you. You doing the time is family activities, exercise, you know, learning things that you wouldn't have formerly learned, spending Mm -hmm. a little less time watching the news and a little more time doing a crossword puzzle or something. But I, as somebody who's been on a, a bit of a cyclical sort of grind for the last few years, just to kind of work in weekends mm-hmm. and traveling and moving around the same, same stuff yeah. you're doing, have actually looked at this and went, oh, I got it. I now know what it feels like just to hang on a Saturday and a Sunday, mm-hmm. just just hang out. Like mm-hmm. I." I know what it's like to just be in this space without feeling like, oh boy, I gotta get over to who wants what or they're setting stuff up or where where am I supposed to be? Just literally the, the notion of you gotta be here at this time, then you gotta be there at that time, then hopefully we've carved out enough time for you to make it to the airport because you gotta catch a noon flight. Just the fact that somebody's imposed this Sabbath on us, I already feel slightly saner than I did two weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, ha- and I know for sure that if you imposed a Sabbath on yourself, if you just went, Hey, after five o'clock on Friday and until five o'clock uh, the next Saturday, I don't do emails.
0: Well, y- you would be a more even person. But let me push back on you a little bit. And you always uh, praise the person who never rested, always worked. You know what I mean? I remember having an engine. No,
1: was- no, I, I, it's not, it's not always worked and never rest. It's, I have praise for the person that runs the bleachers until they're this close to vomiting, and then stops it flat and just lays it out on the grass. I'm not saying that person can never get off the bleachers. And I'm never, I don't have endless praise for that person because that that person has something wrong with them, that that churner, you know what I mean? And I've always critiqued that person, I'm saying, who I've critiqued is the person that did ran the bleachers once and said, that's all I got. I couldn't do anymore. I had a bad knee from, and I go, you got more in you. You can do more. You
0: you have a podcast with Mark Garagos, reasonable doubt. You can also get that at Adam and podcast one.com. Uh, is where's he in on all this? I haven't heard from him. And have you talked to him?
1: Yeah. I talked to him, uh, the other day. What's he he thinking? Um, you know, I think he's kind of like us. He's a little old school. He doesn't, Get, he thinks it's an overreaction. He has a business you know he's business minded so he doesn't like the notion of everything being shut down. Um, I think he I think he's somewhere around where we are, which is uh you know I don't think it's a conspiracy theory or a hoax. I just believe we tend to go all in on safety, which everyone says, well, what could be bad about all in on safety? And my thing is like, well, there's repercussions. There's there's a balance. Well, it's, a, in
0: medicine, we call it a risk reward ratio. Whenever we right. do anything, there's a potential downside to whatever we do.
1: Yes, yeah. the most dangerous thing you could probably do as an American or as a you know middle-aged white person living in this country is operate a motor vehicle. And it's like, okay, why don't you wear a helmet? And the answer is, I could. But I don't, I'm not gonna. It's like, well, why not play it safe? You know what I mean? It's like, well, well, it well you uh, you made okay. the point about
0: why have speeds above five miles an hour?
1: Yeah, and I, I get that everything's not an apples to apples analogy or comparison. But what I'm saying is, is I think you and I and Mark have a sort of risk reward kind of analysis, whereas a lot of people just go all in. Mm-hmm. It's just if there's one tenth of 1% that you may or we may or this may, then we're going all in. Mm-hmm. And my thing is like, I don't work that way. I want to, I want to see, I want to see the other side. I want to hear about the downside. Um, I want to know who's going to be impacted and to what degree. By all in this way. And then I want to try to examine it. Now, the problem with this is we don't know. We don't know. So now we're in a territory which is, well, what if you're wrong? And I get it. And that's why I generally agree with what's going on. My question is really, how long? How long I, yeah, I don't that's want to mine keep too. this
0: going for? And- as and, long as we're planning on keeping it, and going. someone on the restream was asking about um, wanting me to comment about New York City. In New York City, it's going down exactly where I thought it would. Uh, New York City is going to be the poster child for for this whole epidemic, in my pandemic in, in this country. Uh, they're struggling. They're going to do it. They're going to. They're believe me, it's not Italy. They are preparing. They're they're really preparing for this. There and flexing and building an infrastructure. Well, and and, and, yeah, and there'll be other cities are stressed too. My
1: thing is like, look, we live in the San Fernando Valley. Essentially, that is not Brooklyn. You know what I mean? This is a huge difference, and you you'd be you wouldn't do yourself a service to to approach every individual. Every local. And every local, whatever, as if they're all the same. Right, they're all different. There's no apartment buildings in my neighborhood. There's no apartment buildings in your neighborhood. The closest house you have are the Hatfields and the McCoys (laughs) over there. They're a (laughs) hundred yards away. Right. So, And they don't have 11 kids. So it's a different situation. So this notion of like, well, one size fits all, or we play it safe, or whatever. I disagree with that. I, I get that New York City, has its own set of problems. And any place that is condensed and urban and it's, people are living on top of each other and traveling in elevators, Yep. Uh, so be it. But we don't have that. Right. So, and we're not, and also we don't have mass transit as much as we'd like to, yeah, or we'd say we, we, we do. we do. <laughs> you don't get on the subway, I don't get on a subway. We get in our cars alone, and we travel to another single-family residence, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's not the same. It shouldn't all just
0: be the same. The other thing is if, if we're around, I'll keep saying, if we're around 60,000 by the end of the week, that's doing pretty good. And 60,000 cases, cases cases in the United States? Yep, yep. We're doing pretty good if we as can keep LA it there. Does LA
1: County still have
0: four? Uh, I can get you that very quickly it here. You can. You know, it's a
1: weird thing. Yeah. When you try to seek out news that would be considered relatively positive. Yeah, it's hard. Like I, I type in like, look, what could be simpler than death toll, coronavirus, L.A. County. Mm-hmm. It's like, you think a number would just pop up? Oh, no, it's articles, like two more.
3: Yeah.
1: Now it's up to four in the last four days, or whatever, it's like four total, though.
0: Like Right, it's th- 29 in the state of California at this moment. Uh, that's the entire state. So.
1: Right, but there's a lot in the Bay Area Right. Then. It was four in L.A. County. I don't know what the populace of L.A. County is. It's eight million or something like 9 that. Nine million, yeah. Okay. So there you go, everybody. See if I can get... I'm not
0: saying don't do what the man tells you to do. I'm saying don't freak out about it. Don't, that's exactly been my message from the beginning. Follow the CDC regs. You're going to be fine. Uh, let's take some calls here. This is uh, Katie. Katie's in Orange County here. Hi, Katie.
2: Hi, Adam. Hi, Drew. Hi, you guys.
0: Mm, hi. <laughs> What's up?
2: Hi. Yeah, thank, you. thank you for taking my call. Um, I was just wondering. Um, I've been listening to you guys forever and listening to all your podcasts. Um, big fan. But um, I I'm 36 years old right now and I work um for Kaiser. So we still have to go in every day. Um, I am on the behavioral health floor. Okay. Um but we're still giving patients the option to see us in person or do therapy sessions over the phone. Right. Um, some of them are coming in, some of them are not. But um, I still have to walk through. We're doing screening at the front door, and I still have to walk through sort of like the first floor uh, um, to get to the stairs, to go up to the fifth floor. Um, my concern is um, I had I actually had tuberculosis when I... 21 um and so i have recovered i feel i feel great i feel so much better um, hang on
0: when you say when have, you um, say you had tuberculosis did you have primary tb or you had reactivation full-on pneumonia from tuberculosis
2: um i'm honestly not sure which one but i did the whole nine month house confinement and how to do the and samples and take a and oh. come to my house every day. Oh, so day that's the
0: real that deal. Case. Okay, you had the real deal. And and your lung, your yeah, chest x-ray that. now is clear? Uh, but, yeah. Any scarring or anything in your chest x-ray?
2: Um, I, yes, I do have scarring so whenever I get a new job or anything I can never do chest x-rays because I don't pass and I can't do skin tests either because they'll right. always come up positive. Right, of course. So I typically do, I have a yeah. um but I typically do um bronchoscopies like like once every two years or try trying not to do yeah. it as much
0: okay um, so so you are you much. are definitely not the average 35 year old right
2: right
0: right so you got to be careful you got to be very very careful i i i mean id in a perfect world you'd be doing just the telemedicine stuff can you talk to your supervisor and raise these issues
2: Yes, I can. I can. Um, I, it's so funny because I actually started two weeks ago, um, right in the middle, so right in the height of all of this taking place. So there's been so many changes so quickly.
5: Oh boy. Oh boy. Um,
2: and so I haven't really, it, it's like kind of, I mean, I know I'm, I'm more open to talk about it, but, um, I don't know. I just sometimes I like to have relationships for a little bit longer until I discuss. I mean, HR knows anyways because I had to get hired, but, right. um, um, so it's just like a sensitive topic being so new, but I could definitely say something.
0: You, not, you need to please bring it up. I, it, well, you know, uh, if I were your supervisor and you had any, there was any question, we'd have you talk to the infectious disease people at the hospital and let them make the call. Okay makes sense okay yeah but i think or or pulmonary one or the other either idea or pulmonary but it seems to me that you're not the average risk you're not high risk but you're not the average risk and they, i would think they'd want to minimize that exposure that was interesting right
5: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay
0: uh here's uh andrew andrew's in brooklyn uh andrew go ahead whoops it didn't come up hold on hold on hold on There he is. Andrew. Hello? Hey there.
1: Hey, um, so my question is, I take a uh, daily antibiotic, uh, doxycycline,
0: mm-hmm. or
1: mm-hmm. rosacea, mm-hmm. Uh, and I was wondering if it might just be a good idea in general just to stop taking it for the next few months. What was going on?
0: I don't think so. Uh, I would for sure talk to your doctor about stopping before you do. I mean, there's nothing about doxycycline unless you need to go on the hydroxychloroquine. Then you might want to do something. But uh, as it is now, no, no. I think you just talk to your doctor about it to make sure. But I don't see any special reason to do that.
1: What's going on with the hydroxychloroquine?
0: yeah it's interesting um there is i i I tweeted something showing some of the basic mechanisms, some of the basic antiviral mechanisms that have been proven associated with hydroxychloroquine and it's it's been studied extensively and it really interferes with viral production coronavirus and i i know that there's a a bit of a run on it here locally Mm -hmm. uh, because doctors and you know are getting getting on to it i know that infectious disease doctors are prescribing it pretty routinely now And my guess is that the reason they're so enthusiastic is they're seeing response. And so by the end of the week, so by this week, this is the week where we figure out where we are, right? Yes. Yeah, because by the end of the week, we'll know are we at 60,000 or are we at 600,000? Where where are we by the end of the week? Because the the doomsday scenario is we're going to be this rapid acceleration into a million people. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah,
1: my fear is that nobody wants to be the guy that says it's okay to go back into the water we've captured the shark
0: you're fine that's gonna be i don't know how they do that it's gonna be really hard the one of the ways they're gonna be able to do it is if if they somebody can prove that the hydroxychloroquine has some sort of prophylactic effect some sort Mm -hmm. of preventive effect and they've scaled up the production so everybody can get it then i think we got a really interesting situation right then you then you at least tell young people hey it's probably cool to go back in the water Well, but again, we have a new
1: thing, which is safety at all costs. And since politicians are never going, politicians are essentially running a popularity contest. And they are going to do whatever it's going to take not to be caught. As, as the one that said it was safe to go back in the water, if, right. if there's a 1% chance of anything happening to anybody right. any of the time, because that's our society. So because the politicians, right, here's, here, here is this uh, horrible uh, cauldron of uh, which is, you know, brew that we're dealing with. The media is making more money than they've ever made over stuff like this. It's, 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 it's more content than they could ever dream of Mm -hmm. the politicians are going to get paid and they're going to keep their job. If they tell everyone, stay home as long as humanly possible. It doesn't matter if the economy completely runs in the ground. I don't think politicians will be held accountable for the, <laughs> for the economy running into the ground. So what is their incentive? What, well, first things first, what percentage of politicians were against gay marriage 10 years ago and which perc- what percentage are, are for gay marriage today? Well, the answer is none and now all but they're all average 71 years old. Do you think they changed their mind from their mid-60s to their mid-70s? No, they they got to figure out what's going on and get reelected. That's 100% my thought on politicians. None of them, right or left, want anything to do with telling people, go back, you'll be fine, or maybe it's going to come on like the flu, but you just go home or whatever, but we got to get the economy back up and running. So they're not going to do it.
0: You don't think so? At some point, there's a Oh, well, a- yeah,
1: it's some it, it's some point, but yeah. what's that point? I mm. mean, we're going to get to that point fast and I don't think they're going to be ready for that. Now, you and I are sort of like, I agree with you. Let's see what happens this week. Let's yeah. see where the numbers go yeah. or don't go. Let's see what these hydroxychloride stuff, oh, let's see how this works. Is it, where, where are we at? And then if we see which way this thing is going, let's go. What's your guess? I don't trust... The news, not in not that I don't believe the news. I just they're going to ride the flame, the flame fanning as long as they can ride the flame fanning, and I think politicians take all their cues from the news. I think uh, Trump's got an election coming up, and this could undo him if he screws this up. The economy part, or the whole thing? No, not to I don't think he's going to be. He's not going to be held. Uh, he's not going to be held accountable for the economy. As much as. As he would for this. Yeah. So he's going to go way over yeah. that direction, too. Yeah. Now he, I'm sure he doesn't care. I'm sure he cares more about the economy, but he cannot, if he screws this up, he's going to be crucified. Yeah. So... I don't have a lot of hope that people are going to do, the politicians are going to do the right thing. I think the people are going to have to do the right thing. Like at yeah. a certain point when it just becomes too much and your business is being boarded up, you're just going to have to show up and go,
0: fuck it, I'm I'm selling tacos today. I'm sorry, it's been three weeks, nothing's happening. What What's wrong with me that the, the press fanning the flames really bugs me? It really bothers me because it's- Because so, it's, you- Because I'm talking to people off the ledge all day and maybe it's that. Because you- think that the press should be
3: more noble
0: yes i do you think they're noble
1: yeah Yeah. and they want money right it's a business i don't think they're noble i think they want viewership and they want ad sales
0: hey here's somebody
1: you hold them to a standard that's your problem
0: fair enough well as i've told you but they they call themselves journalistic integrity i've got journalistic integrity it's like but what would you say if you wanted people to believe you right right I mean, of course, you have to keep saying it. Right. If you have to keep talking about it. You have to keep talking about it, that
1: part, in order to keep the other part going.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. That that actually puts the pieces together a little bit for me. We have a call from somebody who used to call us years ago, uh, Emma from England. And she um uh, got a report from the UK. Emma, how are you?
6: Hello. Hi, Drew. Hi, Adam. Well, I know you guys aren't well, but. I hope you're feeling well in yourself.
0: We are. We're doing pretty good. We're, we're actually, we're, according to Adam, we're we're better than ever. Yeah. We've been we're a forced, observing the Sabbath. The fourth Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Atheist Sabbath. <laughs> Horrible band. So what's going on with you? How are things in the UK? Um, or what's left of
6: it? I'm going absolutely crazy and irrational, and I'm a bit worried about it because I feel angry with everybody. I feel angry with the people So they're taking things really casually. I'm also angry with the people who are going way over the top. And I'm just finding my anger isn't rational and I'm a bit worried about it. And also I'm scared about people spreading fake information and not caring about it. Because I I always believe that it's better to spread the truth, even if you don't like it. Otherwise, people aren't going to have any respect
0: so em and i are in i did not know this but we are in mind meld (laughs) i feel exactly the way she does you got you got to tune us up adam
1: yeah no uh, well look if if you should be angry at the people that are going out body surfing um or crowd surfing i should say during (laughs) spring break and you should be angry at the ones that are going way over the top with doom and gloom and you know, don't hug a loved one.
0: But why? But why should we be angry? It's just these are people's reactions to it. It's a crazy time, and why? why what's wrong with Emma and I that we get we get irri- upset? It's not I wouldn't call it anger. Is Emma is it M, anger or upset? I get upset. That there's a difference.
6: Well, right? I snapped at people in public, and I'm not usually like that. And also, I know that's not a rational or a good thing to do. Like I told people off for being rude when they're blocking the aisle in supermarkets, and right. had people, you know, get quite irate with me, and obviously that's not a good idea. Yeah. And I had all those, I've had all the years of listening to you and knowing that if I'm acting in a bad way, it's a bad way. So I'm just well, worried that I'm going a bit crazy.
1: I think look at it this way: if you stress yourself out, you're going to screw up your immune system, and mm. that's going to make you. More susceptible. No, more susceptible to this. So, why don't you look at it from a health standpoint? You know what I mean. Do a little. Uh, I, you know, the, I have another William weird Hoff thing too. Breathing.
0: Maybe I don't know. If, <laughs> let's talk about Wim Hof in a second. But <laughs> uh, um, and maybe Emma feels <laughs> the way I do too. I literally feel like I can feel the anxiety in the air it's the weirdest damn thing I I
3: yes. yeah yeah I, I
0: feel like it's like even when I try to calm myself down I feel like I'm absorbing something from the environment yeah and maybe that's why I'm irritable with the press too because it sort of puts me over the top I don't know yeah it's like radon um, it is like radon so it feels
1: yeah you have to get yourself you have to put yourself into into situations that don't allow you to absorb this and you cannot just sit. Drew, you know, an alcoholic can't sit in a bar, right? It's going to be tough. That's right. You have to sit alone on the beach. Right. And you sitting around watching the news all day is an alcoholic sitting in a bar. But but I don't. With with a week. I I do do a little too much social
0: media stuff, but but I do. Well, that's exposing yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, i'll look at it as a uh, sobriety yes uh let's see here i'm trying to take more calls here from you guys thank you emma good to hear from you after all this time uh we had somebody here this is a really interesting i, I think it's an interesting question i hope you will think so too paul interesting question go ahead paul
4: Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I work in the uh, UC system mm-hmm. here in the Bay Area. I'm a respiratory therapist. Um, and I feel like we haven't seen a lot of these patients, but the ones that we're seeing, we're kind of using, it's going to get a little bit clinical, but we're using the ARDSNAV protocol to to manage these patients when they get really sick. And yeah. in consideration that their lungs are not typically getting stiff like a normal ARDS patient, right. I'm my concern has been that, you know, the typical protocol has us jacking up the uh, interthoracic pressures in response right. to hypoxemia. Right. And i worried we're going to trash these patients' lungs for that.
0: Well, so, so what I'm hearing, and I'm hearing two first one interesting I'm hearing there in some areas they're trying to coach up a respiratory therapist to manage the ventilators. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? As opposed yeah. to, yeah, because yeah, And that's
4: if, actually what we do. In, uh,
0: go ahead. As opposed to the pathologist or the intensivist. I, we, I was, was going to mm-hmm.
4: say that that's what, that's what we do in our facility, and yeah. that's what we're doing in a lot of facilities. They give us a protocol, we follow it, but you know, some of us kind of follow it blindly. So,
0: right, so so here's and the,
4: the, the... The other question that I had for... Go ahead.
0: So let me explain to people what he's talking about. So ARDS is a common problem, right? It's not a big deal. It's it's a big deal, but it's not something that the clinicians have never seen. ARDS? Adult respiratory distress syndrome. It's what happens when people go into shock, when they get pneumonias, when they have complications of all kinds of infections. And it is a primary feature of this infection. It's why people are dying. And Mm -hmm. it develops rather quickly and out of the blue kind of thing. It's it's Mm -hmm. the, the pneumonia with this, typically pneumonias, viral pneumonias, get complications of bacterial pneumonias which is mm-hmm. not so much happening here and it's an interst- what's called an interstitial pneumonia so it affects the compliance of the lung it makes it stiff and that's what Paul's talking about they have to use high pressures to make it breathe that's the really part of the problem mm-hmm. with the respiratory therapy respiratory failure associated with uh, viral pneumonias but strangely with this virus the lungs are quite compliant but the ability to oxygenate is way off mm-hmm. so we have to what you're going to have to do, it's in and, and high vault high high flow oxygen and high pressures damage the lung. So we right. don't have to worry about the high pressure, and that's what Paul's saying is in is in protocol. And you guys have got to adjust your protocol so people aren't adjusting the pressures uh, ahead of the oxygen. The problem is, as you know well, the high flow oxygen is going to damage things. too, right? And so I'm betting, right. I'm betting, oh, I'm betting you're going to have to use a lot of. Uh, What's the story? What's the feeling on peep right now in your unit?
4: Um, well, and that's, that's exactly what I was concerned about, is that we, we follow a protocol that the more uh, oxygen a patient is demanding, the higher the PEEP that we're going to use. Right. And I'm concerned that these patients might not actually need that. and It might actually damage the lung.
0: It, it might, but it's all you're also not going to see pneumothoraces and all that kind of stuff because the lung is compliant. So I'm betting that PEEP is going to be therapeutically important to a point. What's well, PEEP? PEEP, positive end expiratory pressure. It's It's like when you... When you breathe out, it'd be like breathing against a hair dryer kind of thing. There's pressure uh-huh. going in as you breathe out. In fact, strangely, Paul, I had an AIDS patient once with uh, pneumocystis that was lying at home for three days with a hair dryer in his mouth, and I was like, "That is the strangest thing I've ever seen." But that's how he, <laughs> he gave himself peep. And, and so when I hear people talk about you know people are using hair dryers and things, I thought, "Oh my God, is this that issue again? That people are auto peeping themselves?" Well, why are they doing that? I, I don't think it's really happening. The, this oh, AIDS well. patient did it because it kept his lungs expanding. What's a ventilator do? Ventilator takes That's, over. Go ahead, Paul. Uh,
4: I did I just did a quick follow up question so I could squeeze it in there. Um, do, you, do you think, I know during the H1 pandemic, we actually saw a really, really effective treatment with uh, ECMO. And, in fact, um, none of our patients that we treated who were extremely severe, none of them actually died.
0: Okay, so, so hold hearing- on. We're, we're getting technical. And let me answer Adam's question, then I'll explain what you're talking about. So, ventilators are just machines okay. that you, you, you put people on a breathing machine. You know, back in the 80s, you Iron saw those, those. Yeah, yeah. Those don't look like that anymore, but that's what that machine are was. Are they physically in it? No, they have a tube in their throat that goes into the trachea and then goes out to the machine. The machine puts the oxygen in and out, right? right? That's a ventilator. That's a ventilator. Right. And uh, he's talking about an extracorporeal oxygenating machine, which is actually something that oxygenates the blood outside the body. Right. And those are hard to come by. I heard they were using them occasionally in Italy. So your point that we have to ramp those up, I think is a good one. Uh, I had H1N1, by the way, it was brutal. And people forgot that, you know, forget how bad that pandemic was because we didn't make a big deal out of it. But uh, that one was pretty brutal as well, right?
4: Yeah, and I was just wondering if we should be considering ramping up production of those as much as we are, you We've, know, maybe not as much, but nearly as we are the ventilators.
0: I'm going to predict that if we're not, there will be a call for that, and it'll probably be on an order of yeah. You know, with ventilators are being per, called for in the order on, on a on a on a factor of ten relative to what we have, which is worst case scenario. They're not going to call out for ECMOs at you know ten times what's available. You know what I mean? They're not going to do that. Yeah. This could be like maybe we can double the availability of uh, extraport you know the extracorporeal oxygen machines, but you see how it's in, it's interesting, isn't it? Or use that? Huh? No, okay. I, sorry. I, it's interesting to me. So, uh, okay. What do you, as far as a ventilator goes. Yes.
1: You are on a ventilator to essentially assist you in breathing for a specified period of time or an unspecified period of time. But technically until your body gets better.
0: Correct. So that it can take over on its own. Except that what he and I were just talking about, the positive and expiratory pressure putting has, blood, has some putting f- oxygen into your blood. It's, no, that's the ECMO thing. No, that, that's that's ECMO temporizing part. also, but but the pressure helps with the ARDS. So it has some therapeutic value to add some pressure there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also can make it worse if you overdo it. So it's a whole, it's a, it's a really tight rope walk you've got to do, but Your point is well taken. It's about keeping people supported until they get better. Except now you've got an open conduit into the lungs with the, Mm -hmm. with the endotracheal tube in a hospital and bacteria have a way of getting in there. For sure. Now you get a pneumonia on top of that. If it goes too long. Um, let's take a little, um, refresher with a relationship question. How about that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Clear a palate. You ready for Mm -hmm. that? You doing okay? Yeah. Lynn.
5: Yeah. Hey there. Hi, thank you for taking my question. I dated a man about 24 years ago, and I ended up breaking up with him. Our roads took different paths, and he hasn't really been in a relationship since. He did end up having some, well, he went to a a psychological, he went into the hospital regarding some problems. Um, He had recently been through a divorce, um, and and then my breakup, and um, I I just he's numb. How do you get a person through that so that he can have a decent life?
0: Are you still in regular contact with him?
5: Um, yeah, we bumped into each other about ten years ago, and I gave him my phone number. And he's always every every so often he calls me, reminisces about the good times that we had, which we did have great times together. Mm. And but then he won't see me, he won't talk he he just he won't refuses to to see me so he can look in my eyes or right. or talk to me one on one.
1: What do you think, Adam? This is someone she dated when she was twenty four. No, twenty four years or ago or when she was years 30, ago, thirty. When she was thirty and now he then went got married, mm-hmm. then he got divorced and he had some emotional, psychological issues and now he's circling back It sounds he like,
5: was going through Yeah. He was going through a divorce beforehand so he had while a divorce I was then
0: this woman then lynn and then he just has had no women in the last 20 years all right no relationship now but it, it, no, it, they're,
1: they're it's,
5: ju-
0: it sounds like lynn is trying
5: to rekindle something
1: hand. are you
5: um i would like to oh, uh, then again when out. we stop talking he's the one that calls me back constantly
1: well, Drew, she's like, he I'm calls me, but he won't look me in the eyes. Come on, <laughs> idiot. Jesus, that didn't take any brains.
0: Well, here's, the, I would I would say three things. One is he may be traumatized by all the ruptures, and, may, and he may be fearful of exposing himself again. He also may be on antidepressant medication that's completely shutting him down sexually and motivationally. This happens a lot, where the antidepressants... Uh, flatten guys out so that's another possibility and then if you want to rekindle with them ask him out ask him out on uh, dates. no that's not going to work all right but i'll tell you what would work you
1: find okay. all right you find some event right you contact him now easy these days right you contact him right now and you go hey man who knows how long this whole corona thing is going on But I got ourselves a couple of tickets to see
3: cats
1: (laughs) in uh, July. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. At the whatever theater in your town or whatever the event is or whatever the thing is. And you go to him. That is, you know, July 17th. And if this civilization isn't over by then, (laughs) we're going that night. And then he'll go, fine. Fine. Because when you're in the middle of all this crap and something is three and a half months away, you'll go, whatever, we'll do it. And you'll go, okay. And then periodically you hit him up. You go, remember, I bought the tickets, they were expensive. Here's the date. And he'll just go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'll blink your eyes and you'll be there. And that date will be coming up this weekend. And at least you'll be looking across the table at him with a glass of wine after you see cats. Now where it goes from there, I don't it know. It could be a Kesha concert
0: too, be fair. Could
1: be Kesha, could be yeah. Kesha, could be Cats, <laughs> could be Kesha Cats concert. It's just as long as there's alliteration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, sound good? Okay. All right, that's
5: interesting. Yeah, sounds great. Thank All right, you.
0: good luck Lynn. But be careful about watch out for those meds. Those psychot- psychotropic meds can really change people's motivation. And it, to me it rings true of that. Yeah, he sounds well, Drew is a man of exquisite passion. Oh, yeah. Doesn't maybe maybe not
1: understand turning may, you,
0: down that. You've been accusing me of this it's for so many years without my wife in the room. So maybe now it's time to get some commentary from her. Or is okay. that too much for you? Okay. I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> Why? Why isn't he comfortable? That. He's always comfortable giving me shit about it. But it's actually bringing it up with, like, look you in the eye. He can't do it.
3: It's true, Adam.
0: It feels too intimate for me. I feel like we've crossed the line.
4: It's kind of gross, huh?
1: Listen, I gotta call my mom on the ride home. Yeah, and I don't like calling her because when we do, there's that weird part where you have to maybe say "I love you" at the end, Oof. and that feels too weird yeah. for me. Yeah, this is kind of like that. So this is worse. Than, this is worse than, it's than up I'm there. Than it's than about same.
0: But but uh, but to be fair, um, your mom for sure will not be watching this. It's not as though you have you know exposed yourself to anything she will have seen.
1: She said she's seen every episode that I wasn't on. Right. So right. she has, she right. is a fan.
0: Right. If, if she, in other words, if she were watching these Sunday shows, the Ask Dr. do shows, this particular one, she would happen to miss. <laughs> right. But she's a fan and she right.
1: watches all the right. ones that will come subsequent to this one right. and the ones that came before.
0: Right. Do t- 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 you want to, you remember, for this, this is kind of an interesting uh, group we have on our restream and out here in the streaming world. Tell them the story about um, the Academy Awards. Do you mind? Mm-hmm. Cause it's kind of you know, how that's a something that that's something your mom was into and w- w- was very involved with and very interested in every year. Yes.
1: Yeah. We didn't, as Corollas, we didn't have a team that we followed or tradition or thing or any of that, mm-hmm. but the as close as we could get to a tradition was my grandfather was in the academy. Um, he had long since sort of retired, it wasn't relevant or anything, but he was still in. And when you're in, they send you the screeners and scripts and stuff like that. But the only thing we did as a group that I could ever really recall with any consistency is we did go to my grandparents' house who had a color television set that stood on the floor that was you know, 23 inches across or whatever. And we would go to the and watch the Academy Awards uh. every year. And so as far as, you know, me and automotive and building and comedy and stuff, I there there wasn't my seed could find no purchase with my family. But they did like the Academy Awards. Yeah. Not my dad, but my mom. Yeah. Um
0: and your grandma too,
1: right? My grandmother yeah. and that that sort of thing. Yeah. And so a couple of years ago, when Jimmy was hosting the Academy Awards, and I I was riding on the Academy Awards, I did think, well, this could be the one. You know, the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, like they went so Love yeah. Line, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But this could be the one that kind of grabs them. Yeah. Um, no such luck. Uh, my, my my mom announced. Uh, I think uh, my wife asked her at some point. What did you think of the Academy Awards? And she announced that it was a little hit and miss, but also that she hadn't watched it, which I always loved to. I'm like, wow, For the first two time. insults you didn't think you could get. <laughs> yeah, so not a fan. Hmm? Not a, no questions about Jimmy, which I always find he is dead to them after after hosting the Academy Awards twice because you knew him. That's sure. the problem. Absolutely, it's not his fault. <laughs> but he shall,
0: he shall pay the price. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. let me look at the restream here quickly, guys. I'm looking at you guys. Um, any questions on the restream? Uh, boy, there's a lot of stuff here, but nothing question-wise. So let me go back to calls. Uh, this is Shauna. There we go. This call thing, you have to hit it exactly right. Shauna, what's up? That's Hi, Anna. Dr.
2: Drew. How are you? We're good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I just wanted to call and say thank you for everything that you've done for pretty much all of us that have been tuned in and keeping our anxieties down. I suffer from severe anxiety, so I just want to say thank you.
0: It's my my privilege. I mean, maybe it's because I'm an anxious person, too, that I uh, can relate or I see the panic coming and it affects me so much or I feel it in the vapors and it's disturbing me. Adam actually played a role in me getting over Hell my, yeah. Adam helped me with panic attacks. There, there's now a new sort of philosophy. There's a good book called Dare. It's not new to me. Called Dare uh, in terms of dealing with panic. And uh, Adam uh, adopted the Dare policy, how long it was 1998 or something? That you uh, when, I adopted, me? Uh, when I implemented, implemented it, implemented it, yes.
1: I it. I mean, the latest it would have been would have been ninety nine.
0: Yeah, so yeah. It's
1: been over twenty years since I've been practicing my dare process.
0: So, so I had a panic attack on the set of Loveless. Much like you heard with Steve a little while ago. Adam's main concern when he's doing a production is that it should slow down or have to be redone. Right? That's your main concern. My main concern. My main concern is getting out right get it over with get out that's right and so we would film three or four shows a day we were naive we didn't know there was anything unusual about that we would just change our clothes do another change our clothes do another and one day i got in a fight with john favreau i would argue with them i was like i'm not changing my pants and my shit. <laughs> well, that's a waste of time right why not just change the top right. right and fine and we didn't care we just we're just doing shows 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 and to be fair we did two hours of radio every night It didn't bother us to do three hours of television. And uh, and I had a fight with John Favreau because he was telling a, a very mental, seriously mentally ill person not to take his medication. And I was like, "That you can don't do that. And we got in a fight. Right? I not I, I, didn't, I don't remember it?
1: I, I remember John Favreau's name coming up at some point or later.
0: I don't remember. An incident that triggered it. Okay, so the next show we had some band in there, and about two minutes into the show, I was like, "I, I got to take a break," and uh, I'm having a panic attack, and I get off the set for a second, go into my dressing room, and in comes Adam through the door. Door flies open, and Adam presents me with. You tell the story, Drew. I'm not. No, come dance. on, you're a good storyteller. Go come on, I'm tired. You go. All right, he said. Uh, which John Favreau, John Favreau, the uh, director and actor. Uh, Adam said, If I have to spend 20, 10 more minutes here than, I, than is absolutely necessary, I'm going to kick your ass. So get on out there, as I recall it.
1: Is that about right? I probably didn't say absolutely necessary. I just said, Get the hell out there. Get the you hell out there. We're, we're getting this done. Get there. it
0: together. Get out there right
1: now. Go. Scram. Which I did. No, I said I'll do all the talking. Yes,
0: you did say you that. You go too. have
1: your fucking panic attack out there. <laughs> sit there anyway. Why, why don't you just
0: sit there? And well, we can you'd get know, something done. To be fair, you coached me up too to just lean in too to lean yeah, into the panic. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't do a lot of coaching. I just said
1: I don't want to be here any longer. I don't have to be here. I don't understand why you need to have your visible panic attack in your room. I don't care if you have it or not. But go have it out there. Let's crank it up. And I'm. I'm sure you'll just you'll slide back into it as, as the questions start coming in or whatever. And I guess that's what happened.
0: I experienced it as though you coaching me up a bit, just saying lean well, into Well, I was coaching
1: out. you up by saying, get out and go live. Don't start eating your own tail. You're going into a spiral. Here, right. just go. Right. That was my coaching, but it, it really coaching isn't what you want in that situation. You want someone yelling at you, get up and move. Right. Which is what you did.
0: Right. Right. And, and, but they you had a little coaching in there too.
1: So I appreciate it. That is the coaching. The, the benefit of what I did was yelling at you to move, not it's going to be better if you move. Oh no. Yeah. I, I didn't say ex- move.
0: No, no. I, I didn't experience you being uh directive in the sense that I could expect improvement. It was just directive in the sense of get off the couch, get the hell in there. What are you laughing at? I'm not laughing More at charm.
1: <laughs> so, all right, Drew, unfortunately, I have yeah. to go do my All own right. pod now. All right, let
0: me just do one quick thing and say that uh, Aaron is asking about uh, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. Uh, I will tell you the doctors are using it rather routinely. They are enthusiastic about it. We don't have the formal data yet. There's also people advocating it for prophylaxis. There's evidence that in certain parts of Africa, they don't get this virus because they're taking hydroxychloroquine from malaria. So there's a lot of enthusiasm about this now, but no real hard data yet. Just a lot of anecdote. So there's a couple studies out of France, a couple studies out of China that people are using, or pointing to as the evidence that things are right, are going to work. But it's um, I, but again also by the end of the week we're going to have some more data on that. So we're going to have we're going to find out where we are on the curve by the end of the week. And if we are anywhere around sixty thousand, we're in pretty good shape. And if there's evidence on sixty thousand cases in the U.S., yes, if we're anywhere on deaths, the, what kind of deaths um, are you looking at? If we stay at one percent, I, I think we're still doing. Are okay. we at one percent now? Yeah, okay. well, it goes back and forth a little bit. But if we're at overall one percent, something up? No, you, you keep uh, looking 1%. over one percent. Okay, uh, and and uh, that will be a pretty good situation. It's a lot of people, I understand, but it's not the millions that were predicted, and it's it's not a blink to go from sixty thousand to a million. It's you you kind of have the rate of change under control at that point. And if on top of that, the hydroxychloroquine is working. We're gonna be in a pretty good situation, but who knows? It's we have to we have to see where we get by the end of the week. So everybody calm down, hang in there, take the Sabbath, as Adam is suggesting, and uh pick up I'm your emotional support animal. Go ahead and uh, navigating our all woke, no joke culture is the is the subtitle of Adam's book. You can go to com slash Adam Book and uh
4: drrew dot com
0: go.drdrew.com. I beg your pardon. So it's go.drdrew.com slash Adam Book. And uh, check that out. And then watch, uh, listen to me and Adam. So where should we send people to get our podcast? Podcast one? Yeah, go to or podcast Dr. one. Yeah,
1: My stuff's all adamcarolla.com.
0: Okay, and then do we... Anything else to
1: promote? Upity. Go to chassis. c h a s s y. dot Get all our movies. Yeah, which, we uh, have all
3: the links to the podcast on drdrew.com, too. All right, and it's on iTunes.
0: And do do I, if you go see, uh, uh, you know, the Ford v Ferrari movie is is spun off of the documentary that Adam did on the same. Yours is, the movie's called the the twenty four hour twenty four hour war, which is a much better name. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And but it really talks. He really has a document that he documents exactly what happened in that Ford v Ferrari story in real life, and the uppity documentary. Tell them just a little bit about that because it's so good. Uh,
5: Willie T,
1: black driver at Indy, and uh, just the trials and tribulations of driving and driving in NASCAR in the South and being black and in the seventies, and it's just there's it a lot there. Look, uh, we've had major film companies come to us and say, this is a feature. How do we do this as a feature? So I'm um, I'm not, well, I am bragging, but what I'm saying is, is obviously if major companies see the doc and go, we gotta make this into a movie, then it's a good doc.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and Willie T is a great guy. That's the other thing to support him. And then Susan, before we wrap up, do you wanna talk about that, uh, the New York City shelter? Uh, should we push that again, anybody?
3: Sure, go ahead. Do you have it?
0: All right. That was a sweet move
1: you guys did. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I
3: want to really thank Adam for coming in. I really, really appreciate it. And, um, we want to let you go. Obviously, you have to go. But once again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on the show today. It's the Urban Thanks. Resource Institute,
0: or URI, Urban Resource Institute, largest provider of emergency shelter for domestic violence, homeless families, adults with developmental disabilities. They are in need of funding with all that's going on here in the world right now. It's URINYC.org for more information. Also donate at the GoFundMe at com slash URI.n, excuse me. Doctor.com slash I to leave an hour ago. I'm going to get you out of here. <laughs> Doctor.com slash <laughs> R I N Y C. Think of that. And uh, you want to do something positive. Now, here's something you can do immediately and uh, make a difference. So see everybody. We'll see you next time. Mahalo. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb nation and Susan Pinsky. Today's call screener is Lindsay K. Floyd. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you have a question, go to drdrew.tv, that is d-r-d-r-e-w.tv, and sign up to receive an alert next time I am taking calls. No spam, just quick alerts when I'm streaming live. Also, you can text your question to me right now at 984-237-3739, and I'll see if I can help you out on one of our future shows. Check out our other podcast and watch the full-length HD video versions anytime at drdrew.com. This is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm a licensed physician with over 35 years of experience, but this is not a replacement for your personal physician, nor is it medical care. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, anytime, 24-7, for free support and guidance. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful
5: resources at drdrew.com slash help.